1: And relax, this is Up. I'm Charlie Clawson.
0: I'm Will Anderson, and we're not in the same place.
1: This is so bizarre. I feel like I'm in a courtroom watching testimony. Like, you know, you're one of those witnesses who they can't bring into the courtroom. So I'm like, you know, oh, you like George Pell? You should have a bathroom, uh, yeah. man. I can ask you questions.
0: I, I've so, refused to come back from the Vatican for the, po- for the podcast because I'm too <laughs> sickly.
1: Nowhere to hide now, Anderson.
0: You know the thing about that George Pell thing. For people who don't know, for our international listeners, basically uh, George Pell is this Australian cardinal, and uh, like many people in the Catholic Church, he's embroiled in uh, sort of sex scandal, uh, t- child sex scandal sc- cover-ups, and he needed to come back to Australia for a royal commission. But he he did the whole "I can't really come back to Australia; I'm too sick." The it's thing sick about his the the thing about his four day testimony is I don't think he did enough of pretending to be sick. Do you know what I mean like You're I right. think if yeah. I like, he, he seemed quite healthy. Like, he was yeah. testifying for, like, 10 hours a day in the middle yeah. of the night and was kind of nailing it. Like, I yeah. couldn't do that without, like, coughing and spluttering.
1: Anytime you fake a sicky, you always make sure when you turn up back to work, you always cough a little bit. You do a little something just to say, oh, yeah, food poisoning. You hold your stomach. You look a bit ill. He didn't do any of that.
0: I mean, he's you know an what? Aussie. He Come on, George Pal, you must know, as an Aussie, if you want to, like, fake a trip, you've got to be pretending to be sick in the run-up to the trip. It's (laughs) it's like the long weekend. You can't just be sick on the Monday. You've got to start pretending to be sick Wednesday, Thursday the previous week. He knew this testimony was coming. He should have been pottering around the Vatican for months, like, coughing and spluttering and limping and stuff.
1: He should have booked into like a fish restaurant a few days out, you know, and thought, so, oh, I think I'm coming down with something. I, I, was, I ate fish on, on Tuesday, you oh, know, I just, oh, just feel like it's affecting my memory really bad. Whatever fish I ate is just completely give me no memory of something that everyone else in Ballarat seems to remember apart from me, which is strange because I, I lived with the guy who was doing the thing that everyone remembers. Uh, but yeah, that fish, it's that, you know, memory erasing fish.
0: Right, and he was having fish every Friday as a good Catholic. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is uh, TOEFOP of the future. This is like uh, yeah. TOEFOP two, 2000. Which...
0: <laughs> yeah, our podcast has finally made it to the year 2000. The year 2000
1: where Will and I can be sitting uh, in, opposite, uh, in, 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 different, in different parts of the country, maybe in the future in different countries, And still have meaningless conversations.
0: (laughs) Uh, We're starting it in different time zones. I mean, we we haven't actually got out of the country. I'm in Adelaide and you're in Sydney. And uh, but you know that's still because our uh, well, uh, are we allowed to talk? I I did not ask if uh, our our new uh, third member of the team. (laughs) Our disembodied producer voice wanted to actually be referred to by name on the
1: podcast or not. So, oh, okay, yeah. there we go. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we just got a message from the computer saying, well, because the problem is, like, uh, the uh, lovely guy called Michael uh, has approached um, us about helping us produce the show, and we said yes, and we'd been contacting via email, and then he set up this Skype room for us to meet up today, and then We were talking to him and he seemed to know so much about uh, uh, the actual technology part that we stopped and and said, Michael, are you AI? We just needed to check because... We
0: don't mind. We're happy to have a robot on board, but we just need to know.
1: Yeah, Yeah. but now, well, the the capabilities of of him seem to exceed a human being. Things like sending us a link (laughs) when we need to look up something on the internet.
0: Right, literally just then when I was like, I, I didn't ask if we could mention Michael's name, and a little message popped up on the screen, of course you can, I'm like, oh my God, this already feels like a proper radio show.
1: <laughs> yeah, Michael, he's actually changed his name, Mike Hal, Mike Hal, Hal, oh. Hal, that's Hal, oh. from 2001.
0: Right, that's, well that's what you starts, get away if with you it.
1: Start, if you start singing Daisy, we know we're in trouble. <laughs>
0: Right, I mean, well, it's it's nice to have someone on board who knows what they're doing. To be honest, I think it'll really, I think it'll really change the podcast.
1: Organic intelligence, artificial intelligence—we don't mind as long as someone on this show has intelligence.
0: Well, that's why they came to us first because we've been broadcasting for years without any actual intelligence. So they were like,
1: "You did not realize (laughs) we're like the opposite of artificial." My cal is uh, delivering something <laughs> online right now. Quite in two thousand and one. Uh, yeah,
0: so this is this is fun though. This is kind of exciting. I'm, yeah, I'm excited. It's... It seems to be going. Um, you sent me a list of instructions on what yes. to do, and I literally fucked every single one of them up. Okay.
1: It's taken. Well, it's well, it's
0: taken just... me. All... Okay.
1: I'll lay out for people just what the instructions were and you tell me how you stumbled at each one. So basically, we had to set up a microphone that we could use in our computers. So the H6, which is the digital recorder, has an audio interface, which means you plug your mic into the H6 and then plug the H6 into your computer and you select audio interface and it turns a microphone on your computer and then you go to your preferences in your computer and you select mic input from preferences and you turn on your H6. That's it. It's like a three-step process.
0: Right, okay. So so as you go... Well, I almost nailed that bit. Like, I almost nailed it, except uh, when it gave me that option of, like, did I go with uh, multi-track or stereo? Yeah. I was like, I was like, well, Michael's in it too, so I'm going to go with multi-track, and it yeah. turned out that was stereo. But so, the first one in, I made a small mistake.
1: <laughs> That's not a bad mistake, though. I tried multi-track right. too, before, and then what was okay. the next stumbling block?
0: Okay, so the next thing... Uh, was that I just, I, I could just not. You
1: tried to stick a banana into your hard drive. <laughs> well, that's
0: Eddie, that's... Murphy, Eddie Murphy came around and he told me it was the old banana in the hard drive. <laughs> No, I um I couldn't get, because you said test to see if you've got levels, and so I plugged in like headphones, and I couldn't hear myself when I was like testing at the microphone.
1: Uh, what I meant was the, you got the visual levels, like when you speak into it, you see the levels on the computer go up and down.
0: Yeah, it took me about half an hour to work that out, so... <laughs> I thought my headphones were broken. I changed headphones. I had to get these other headphones, which are my old Beats that I, I, you may be able to see on the Skype that I've taped up and I've like super glued up, and uh, that still hasn't worked. It turns out, but I was like pushing both sets in trying to get it to work, but it turns out it's just the visuals. So there was that. Nice. Oh, and then there was big email change. Oh, I fucked up the time because yeah, we had to do much it much at time. like. I thought it was at seven. I don't know. I yeah. just. Anyway, it wasn't.
1: You're busy. You're in the middle of trial, trial shows, or is the show up and running now?
0: Shows up and running now, but I'm in the middle of the shows, and uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, So, so, so your, yeah, mind, cost- your mind is your mind is elsewhere. Oh, so but well. then even when I, even
0: when I had the time right, I had the time wrong because even when we all agreed it was four o'clock, it wasn't four o'clock here because it's fucking three thirty oh, here. Oh
1: fuck, sorry. Uh, right. No, that's no, that's actually my fault because <laughs> I was the because I sent I sent Mike Hal um, an original time because I. I read his email. He had a suggested time, and I completely just reversed the math and right. said, "Oh yeah, cool. Well, can we uh, let, let's do it about eight o'clock?" And then he was like, "Well, that's two a.m. my time. Right? Uh, can we? Does it have to be, is that what you're saying?" He's like, "Look, well, you know, I'm cool. I can't. I can't yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how we know he was, he's, not, he's not a computer because he's worried oh. about
0: And and then the final thing was, I was sitting here from 3.30, but I had forgot to read in the email that was sent through that I was meant to send through a message that said ready. So I was just sitting. (laughs) (laughs) So I was literally just sitting here for 10 minutes going, oh, I wonder when this is going to happen. What have I done wrong? Why
1: isn't it happening? Maybe I'll reread that email. Oh, ready. (laughs) Basically, your your issue is you uh, don't read instructions or comprehend direction.
0: Yeah, I guess that is my
1: issue. <laughs> mentioned Ikea mentioned Fuck you up.
0: Uh, I, I'm not a fan of IKEA. You are an IKEA shopper lover. When I you know, when I when I moved to the US, like because I didn't want to spend too much on furniture, but I had to like uh, you know get a whole house worth of furniture. Like I went to IKEA first, thinking that would be the best place to go. But I don't know, it's just too much for me.
1: Is it? I think I understand what you're saying. I only purchased my first IKEA this year but I've been many times before I I have never felt so much anxiety as I feel in an Ikea there's something about that endless labyrinth like you keep turning corners expecting oh it's going to open up soon and you know we'll be out near the checkout but no you go from like the bedroom area and then you turn to the kitchen area then it's the outdoor patio area it just keeps going and it's there is no I feel like it's the evil version of Willy Wonka's chocolate factory like it's I used to say when I was a kid that the the only place my mum could take me, which I couldn't find a way to occupy myself or have fun, was Spotlight. Like Spotlight is the most boring store on the planet for a kid. There's no matter how hard you try, you can't make anything fun in that horrible fucking shop. IKEA is like the fabric. Yeah, or buttons. The the closest you could get to fun at Spotlight is those little foam balls. But then you try and do anything with them, and like you know they don't bounce. You can't really throw them because they're too light. That's the, the funnest thing you'll get in a spotlight, in my opinion, is the foam balls, and even they're not that fun.
0: I mean, a sheet you could pretend to be like a ghost or a Muslim person.
1: Or a member of the Ku Klux Klan.
0: Oh, yeah, well, any of those.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're going for the four-quadrant appeal with this new uh yeah, but, uh
0: yeah, but IKEA, like, I mean... It is. It's a fucking maze, and it's it's like one of those things. IKEA, where I reckon the the main problem with is is that like I saw the second Maze Runner film, and like going through an IKEA has more maze running than that fucking movie had. Yeah. Like that's what, that should be the third Maze Runner film.
1: They I should do they get ma- stuck in an IKEA.
0: They get stuck in an
1: IKEA. That would be great. There's something weird about. I don't know what the timeline was, but. You know, you've got like your Bunnings now and your Home Depots and your, uh, you know, your your Ikeas. When did department stores require a forklift to get to the checkout? Like you walk into those giant cavernous, it's like the end scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark, just these enormous shelves. It's like, wow. I mean, what happened? We were were once hunter-gatherers and now we store shit we don't need in fucking gigantic sheds.
0: Right, it's crazy, isn't it? Anytime you go to any of those places, you just, the vast size of them, and the fact that they give you a trolley, where you're like, nothing fits in this trolley. (laughs) Unless I'm I'm just here to get nails and blue tack, I do not need this fucking trolley. It's going to be something that I have to rest a ladder and a lawnmower on later.
1: What do you think is going to happen? You know, there's this sort of discussion at the moment about the oversupply we have in terms of retail and stuff. And people talking about the advent of 3D printing and, you know, it will get to a stage where rather than producing stuff en masse and, you know, uh, having select like people buy stuff and then having all this wastage left over that you will just, you know, you want your jeans, your shirt, you order it online and that is made at a factory like on the spot and you pick it up the next day or delivered to your door. Do you think that I, is like a, like a reality? Yeah, yeah, I like
0: so- it. I'm into it. I reckon that's a good, uh, you know. Hopefully, if we can do it in a in a way that, because uh, I mean, flying shit all over the world and shipping shit all over the world is the worst thing possible for the world. You know, this idea that we've got used to the idea that we're going to have apples at every stage of the year and they're going to be great, or that you can get an avocado at any stage of the year or whatever, you know, that you're going to drink water from fucking Fiji because it came out of a creek. But they have to, you know, they have to either bring it here on a boat or, like, fly it here. And that shit is destroying the planet. So if you could just, like, print that water at home. I, if you could just put ordinary tap water into your printer and it came out as Fiji water, then I think that would be better That's how it works, right
1: i, well, I how does it work with you know 3D printing for stuff that's like resin based and shit, like I understand like engine parts and yeah. you know uh, utensils and things like that. but when it comes to textiles, I guess that's the term, like making clothes and stuff because I imagine the fashion industry would be one of the biggest wasters in the world like. You know, the reason why cotton on is so cheap is because they order, you know, 10,000 of that product. So because the larger order is cheaper. But that seems to be the most obvious industry to reform, right? That surely if we can be printing off engine parts with 3D printers on the spot, surely like we can have a super advanced textile industry that just uh, whips up like to order jeans and T-shirts and non-complicated, non-tailored clothing.
0: Yeah, but you've got to get the profit margin down. It's like when 3D printers are affordable, it's like basically what they say about evolution. It's like, you know, the, the cheaper and more powerful the computer chip, you know, became, you know, the more potential you have for, you know, things to expand. And it's the same with, like, when that becomes so cheap that everybody can have a 3D printer, it changes everything. But at the moment, like, if it's going to cost you $9,000 for a 3D printer, you can get, like, 9,000 Bangladeshi kids to make mm. your clothes for the same thing at the moment, which is, yeah. you know so really what you need to do is get 9,000 Bangladeshi kids around to your house to make your <laughs> guns <laughs> but that's the thing that scares me because that's what it's being used for already is people are making their own weapons and stuff yeah. you know off the internet and 3D printing them and once we become unregulated like that where people can just download yeah. weapons from the internet and build
1: them mm. But I get yeah, I mean, but then we'll also be able to download things like uh, battle armor and stuff, so it's not all bad. <laughs> it'll be like it'll be like Call of Duty. You just you'll be like you'll be like Ned Kelly leaving your house. <laughs> In fact, if someone yeah. can send me the schematics for Ned Kelly's helmet. I'm going to 3D print it.
0: Uh, you know what I love um, the most about them is some of the things I've seen online 3D printed. It's very much like first three lessons of pottery, it's you nice. know with. Where- <laughs> where things, you know what it's meant to be. And like, you know, mum comes home from her pottery class third weekend and she's gone, I made a mug. And when you're like, well, it's muggish. It's mug-like. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a handle and there's certainly yeah. a hole you could put liquid in. But yeah. is it technically a mug? It's a member yeah. of the mug family, but you'd hope there's been an evolution since then.
1: Have you, and ever, a lot like, have you ever tried to make anything like that, like ceramics, like uh, mugs or plates or any of that kind of shit? No. Not no, for high school? Never... High school? Did you go to uh,
0: high school? You know, I failed, my, the first time I ever failed a class at high school. Uh, there was one year at high school, it must have been about year nine or year ten, and I got eight A's, I remember this, I got eight A's in all, like, all my classes, and I got an E, which was a fail, in uh, woodwork. Yeah, right. Yeah, so like I've been terrible at any of that stuff since then. Is, like is that,
1: is, I imagine that's unusual in Hayfield that someone fails woodwork.
0: Hayfield's a timber town. It's <laughs> exactly. literally, it's yeah. literally the wood industry. It's the sawmill and wood and timber industry. That's all. The only reason that town fucking exists is because of the timber industry. And I was like the one guy who failed Year Nine woodwork. Like crazy, I couldn't, there was some small test, I remember it. Part of it was because I wasted my time like with my mates like making ninja stars out of wood and stuff and like tiny cricket bats. I remember we made tiny cricket bats and played tiny cricket and I didn't make my shelf that I was meant to make. And what it was basically meant to demonstrate was we were meant to make those hinges where, you know, you cut in a bit and you cut in a bit of the other bit of wood and they fit in together, Mm. whatever the fuck that, whatever that's called. So it was Mm -hmm. meant to be that. But I didn't do that, so at the last minute I just like glued and nailed it all together. But the thing was, it actually was like all it had to do was like hold a brick for a certain amount of time. That was the test, and if your if your if your thing held the brick, (laughs) then you passed. And and mine didn't even fucking hold a brick for like ten seconds. It was crazy. It was like the it was probably like they probably still talk about it as the worst thing that ever happened in (laughs) in that
1: area. I was uh... (laughs) that. I made a wooden batarang once. I had the uh, uh, the making <laughs> the making of Batman, Tim Burton's '89 Batman, the book, and there's a uh, double page spread of the batarang, and it's kind of like uh, uh, like a life size batarang. And so I traced it and then um, used my dad's tools <laughs> to carve out this like timber batarang. And I, then I went and bought some nylon cord from the hardware store because you know a batarang's got to have cord, on, and that's how Batman. By the way, I was 25 when I did this. <laughs>
0: pretty much the same age as Bruce Wayne was when he tried to yeah. become Batman.
1: So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, you no. didn't
0: have the same budget.
1: No, no. But I remember I, I, so I you know, got it and I painted it black and stuff and um, tied the n- 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 nylon cord. And I don't know what my plan was, but I climbed onto the garage and the neighbours had this like power line between um, our houses. And I was like, alright, maybe I'll just swing the batarang around the power line and then I just jump off the roof and I swing into the neighbor's yard. And then you know how when Batman lands, before the advent of the grappling hook, Batman just... Hang on. Would just uh, uh, hang on. You, <laughs> know, you know how Batman does that little shuffle to unhook the batarang? Like the way Indiana Jones just does that little shuffle to get his whip down, the same kind of thing. It does not, it does not work, by the way. Like what? every film you see where a guy throws a rope around something then does a little flick of his wrist and the rope unties itself. That's not possible.
0: Not possible?
1: <laughs> so... Through your bat-
0: scientific experiments, you've discovered that is impossible.
1: Yeah. So I threw the battering around the power line. Okay. Uh, got to the edge, just checked the tension, felt like, oh, yeah, here we go. Jumped. Didn't swing, surprisingly. <laughs> Fell straight down. Thank God the nylon rope actually snapped. It didn't, if it hadn't snapped, I probably would have <laughs> pulled the power line down and blacked out half the neighbourhood. But, because but also, a power line. It's a yeah. fucking power line, dude. Like, no. This city needs defending, Will. I can't be worried about public utilities. So,
0: uh, how thick was the nylon?
1: Uh, not that thick. It was like the same as you'd get on like a, a curtain pulley or something like that.
0: And you thought that would hold you?
1: No, what I thought I would do, what I thought would there'd be enough tension in it that I could jump out and at least pull myself over the fence and land on the other side. I didn't think I was going to swing. I thought I was going to kind of like, uh, like, repel, rappel down. Um, (laughs) But after it snapped, I was like, oh, fuck, because I looked up and the batarang was still, like, the evidence was there. The batarang was still hooked around the power line. The evidence of you being
0: a dickhead, but not an evidence of any other crime or anything. (laughs) Oh, that Batman had been there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The neighbours called the police and the...
0: Hang on, I believe that Am- Amish Batman has been in our area.
1: <laughs> so I, uh, I climbed back up with the broomstick, couldn't get it down, and then I was like, oh, I've seen movies. Obviously, I've seen movies. This entire adventure is based on movies. I'll shoot it down. So I went down and got our air rifle. with a high-powered air rifle. <laughs> climbed back onto the roof with a box full of slugs and this air rifle and lay <laughs> on my garage roof and spent an hour trying to shoot through the nylon cord through a lift Like, I went to a private school. Like, my parents <laughs> sacrificed a lot to educate me, and this was how I spent my afternoon.
0: Mate, what basically you've just described is America right now. <laughs> they basically thought that they had a great plan. It turned out they had a shitty bit of nylon around an electricity pole, and they fell down... And now they're trying to shoot their way out of the situation. It's you just tried to shoot it down. That's crazy. You're Batman, mate. Bat, Batman doesn't use guns. What are you doing? It's against Batman, the
1: evil. No, Batman uses guns. He just doesn't use guns to kill. If Batman, okay, oh, that's a good
0: point. Okay, no, a good point.
1: If, if Batman had awkwardly tangled a batarang <laughs> right. around the lamp and got them, yeah. he could probably shoot it down. No, yeah, you're no. right.
0: Batman's happy to use guns around the house for admin and stuff like that
1: yeah. <laughs> to get
0: Alfred to do shit.
1: Yeah, just you, you know how you see in action films when a door's locked and the guy's like, boom, shoot the lock and kick it open? Yeah. Do you reckon that works in real life? <laughs> like, how accurate uh, you have to do? Because you have to blow the lock away, right?
0: Right. And I don't know if you're meant to get the metal, like the actual lock, or are you better
1: to, like, the shoot front. the wood? Yeah. Would it, be- <laughs> <laughs> it would make the expendables. A lot more interesting if every time they were chasing the bad guys through the fortress, they got to a locked door, they shot it, and then had to spend another 15 minutes debating whether or not they should aim for the frame or the lock.
0: I mean, if I had put it in, all I'd have to do is put a brick on it for about eight seconds, and it would just (laughs) fall out. So, um, yeah, I was thinking this the other day about Batman. Um, I, I came home from my show the other night, and I had some stuff to do, and I was like, ordinarily when I come home from the show... I just straight away get out of my show clothes and I get into, like, relaxed clothes. But this day, I kept my show clothes on, still have my shoes on and stuff, and I just got a lot done still because I kind of felt like I was a bit more, like, Um, not relaxed. I'm still in work mode. And do you reckon Batman ever kept the suit on, like, at home just to get his fucking admin done or whatever? Like, just to keep... Right, yeah. like you he just giving... a few things around the house and he's like, I'll just keep the suit on for a couple of hours. Or if he was just gardening or whatever, cleaning out the gutters, like it'd be handy just to keep it on as protective rather than putting gloves on and shit, right?
1: I seem to remember in one of the comic books uh, Alfred having a rule about no costumes in the house. Like there was, right. a, I can't remember what, what series it was, but Bruce arrives home tired with the cowl off. Right. And it's like, Master Wayne, remember we have rules about costumes in the house? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe stuff around the Batcave. Maybe he washes the Batmobile. <laughs> 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 around the computer.
0: Might, might as well hose the blood off the Bat suit as well as I'm um, doing the car yeah, yeah. at the same time, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I reckon, yeah, probably not in the house. Probably like those Mickey Mouses who aren't allowed to take their head off at Disneyland. You don't want yeah. to see him like, you know, you don't want to see Bruce's head on Batman's, like, uniform. I think it's like, it's a look. It's for the do Batcave know, and outside. Do
1: you remember know, there's a scene in Batman Returns which always makes me laugh? It's after Michael Keaton's, you know, fought Catwoman for the first time, and he's back at the Batcave rec- recuperating. Do you remember this? And he's sort of, re- he's all sore, and he reaches around, and he pulls a claw out of his the side of his costume and stuff, and then he reaches for a phone. He's still like he's in full Batman costume, apart from one glove. Pulls the claw out of his side, then reaches for an old style rotary phone, holds it up to the cow, and says, Alfred, uh, can you bring me some like, you know, uh, disinfectant? And then hangs up and looks at the and goes, like, meow. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wouldn't it have been really, really hard to hear with that rotary phone? Don't you have, like, an intercom or something? Why do you pick up, like, a phone? It just seems so weird to see Batman with that full rubber cowl on holding a phone to his ear. Like, he's got all this technology. Don't you think that would have, like, just a two-way video system or an intercom? Something that required him to hold the 1970s phone up to his ear.
0: Maybe it's like a, it's an old school thing. You know how you can get those old phone like apps for your iPhone, but you actually get the like the handle oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're like. Whack- so maybe it's like there is actually a supercomputer that always like is a perfect call thing, but it's just more comfortable and old school to do it in He's the thing of the phone.
1: About brain tumors. He doesn't like right. brain cancer. <laughs> that's, that's why those hipsters carry around those old style telephone receivers, right? That man is yeah. worried about brain cancer.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Alfred read some articles on the internet. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's also a bit wary about vaccines now. Anyway, but... <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking about um, anti-vaxxers in my stand-up show, and I got my first anti-vaxxer who came to the show giving me, like, a you know, uh, an email after the show the other oh, night.
1: Really?
0: Yeah, I mean, so that was pretty interesting. What'd they say? Oh, well, they, they were uh, a naturopath... Right. And they said that they'd come to my show last year and they'd very much enjoyed my show last year, uh, but they had not enjoyed uh, my opinions about anti-vaccines this year and they suggested I should do some more reading on the topic. Sure. Uh, and and I was like, yes, but I'll probably read scientists and doctors, not naturopaths. <laughs> so, <laughs> do no, that's that? me. No, I, look, I just said I will agree to disagree because there's no point getting into an argument. People are allowed to have their own opinions and all those sort of things. The bit's not about that. The bit's not about me being an expert. In fact, yeah. the, whole, the whole point is about not me doing more reading. The point is that there are people that we've appointed as experts and scientists and their best guess at the moment is that vaccines are great for society, so I will trust the experts because they're smarter than I am. That's really my position.
1: But don't you think the absurd thing is that it wasn't like She went to see a a doctor's conference and heard a doctor speak about vaccines and then thought, well, I need to. She went to see a comedian, a comedian who, in the same breath, will talk about, you know, Batman and obscure AFL plays is also going to be. Why? Why correct him?
0: Uh, Literally, as a general rule, trust my opinion on nothing. (laughs) Yeah. I am not a doctor, and I am happy to say it on the public record. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist, and I'm not an expert in anything. These are just my fucking stupid opinions, uh, you know. That, it's like, but yeah, but it is one of those things. Well, that's the problem, though. I had Greg Barrent on the po- on uh, on fofope or philosophy. I can't remember which of the two we had the conversation, but he talked about because Jenny McCarthy is a friend of yeah. hers, and you know. And, you know, she's a famous anti-vaxxer.
1: Anti-vaxxer. Yeah, she was the, the first prominent one to make the link between autism and vaccines, right?
0: Right. And she was sort of like an ex-Playboy model and stuff like that. And Greg made the point on the podcast. Cousin is, of it,
1: Melissa McCarthy, I believe. Is that right? I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> toe <Toe-pop> fact. <I>, LAUGHTER Michael, if you could Google um, Melissa McCarthy and Jenny McCarthy related, that would be really great and we could work okay. that out. Um, yeah, but um, it, so, so she was a Playboy model and she, her big thing was like that she is anti-vaccines and uh, Greg's big argument was, why are you listening to a Playboy model? Oh, here we go. There's a, a, an article there. Can you click on that? Or are we able to both yeah. click on that? How does that work? There we go. That's uh, Melissa McCarthy... Uh, people.com, I got it here. Thank you very much. My God, this is so good. Uh, the like worst the part of <laughs> it. Right.
1: You know what we... it is? It's, it's the end of Toy Foot Hold music.
0: I know, this is amazing. <laughs> uh, Alright, in honour of Cousins Day, there you go. July 24, yeah. it's coming up, guys. So if you uh, want to celebrate Cousins Day. Well, uh, why please... don't
1: we do about Cousins Day? Why not about Nep- Where's the When's Nephew's Day? Are you sick of this? <laughs> Are those cousins getting a day?
0: It's uh Ben Cousins Day uh goes for eight days. Uh you take mess on the first day, don't sleep, and then when you stop sleeping, it's uh the end of Ben Cousins Day. Um in honor of the cousins day, uh July twenty four, here are several uh celebrity cousins. Uh here okay. we go. This is nice, good. Uh Jenny McCarthy and Melissa McCarthy. All right, uh, top okay. of the list.
1: Can can you name the more famous one and I'll try and guess who the cousin is? Oh, okay, all right. That's brilliant.
0: You might, you might um, have been- Oh, I reckon I, it might be better the other way. I'll name the less famous one okay. and you can name their famous uh, cousin okay. because it might be easier to, to like, yeah. guess the famous one. All right. Do you know who Thomas Mappetha or Ma- Yes is? He's Tom yeah.
1: Cruise's
0: cousin. Oh, fuck you. Well done. Yeah, because
1: Tom, yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise's real name is Tom the III or something like that. Right, yeah. And yeah. Uh, he was Ethan in Lost.
0: Yes. Ethan, he was in the others?
1: Yeah, and he's also, he, I think he was actually even nominated for an Oscar one year, or at least in an Oscar nominated film. Can't remember. Anyway, next.
0: Oh, he's been in a bunch of films Born on the Fourth of July, Magnolia, Mission Impossible 2, Vanilla Sky, and Minority Report. What do all those movies have in common again? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say something about Tom Cruise. Looks after family. So. <laughs> Um, all right. Oh well, this one's pretty easy. Um,
1: yeah.
0: I will I will name the least. There's three of them in this, and I will okay. name I guess, I guess the least famous of the three. Okay. Uh, Jason Schwartzman.
1: Uh, Jason Schwartzman is, is. it all, they're all cousins. Yeah. Sophia Coppola, Nicholas uh-huh. Cage.
0: Correct. You're good at yes! this. Yes. That's a good one. All right.
1: Yeah, and they're also uh, Talia Sh- Shire is his mother from Rocky.
0: Uh, do you know who Catherine Monig is? She was on the L word. Mm. You might not know who she is. Um, all right, her cousin is Gwyneth Paltrow. So we may be getting to a part of the list that. Oh, okay. Do you know who Brandy
1: is? Yeah,
0: yeah, the, yeah. The the you know the recording artist Brandy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah Brandy who, with two eyes, isn't it? Who is Brandy?
0: Uh,
1: uh, give me a guy or a girl.
0: It's a guy. And he's a famous uh, musician also. Who oh, so would brand his... Usher. You are so close. Not, well, oh. Like oh, in no. the, you're, you're definitely in the right zone.
1: <laughs> okay. So it's R&B, dude. It's uh, so,
0: uh, uh, R&B rap. And someone jelly. that you... So, again, someone you like. Uh, someone who is mad for a duo or a duet.
1: Okay. Oh, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. Right? Brandy yeah. and Snoop Dogg are cousins? Yeah. I had no idea about that. Yep. Wow. There you go. That's so weird. I just yeah. would never They don't even look like similar or anything. That's just so strange. I've never heard that before.
0: Uh, do you know who Melissa Gorga is? No. For uh, you? She was. Uh, she's in like Psych and How I Met Your Mother. I don't really. No. Skip. Next. Uh, her cousin is Ralph Macchio, the formerly oh, Karate
1: Kid. I would never have guessed that with a million guesses.
0: Um, oh, hang on. Okay. All second right. cousin. Okay, this is second cousin. This is second cousin once removed. So we're getting into, you know. Tenuous, tenuous lengths. Yeah. Um, Brooke, Brooke Shields.
1: Give me a hint. Is it American?
0: Uh, an American actress. Uh, she was in a very famous. Uh, she was f- quite famous for a while, and she's a very good actress. She's an older older lady now. Mm-hmm. Famous, uh, Margot Margo Kidder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a young Ma- Margo Kidder could, could play a younger version of her, probably in a movie. No, probably not. But uh, uh, Margo
1: Kidder is like sixty years old now, or something. It must be really. Uh, I reckon
0: she's probably seventy. This woman. Okay,
1: um, give me another hint. What's her, what was her, did she have a signature movie, signature role?
0: Yes, uh, she was a bunny boiler. That's too oh,
1: much. Oh, that's too much. Quite close, how about that? that close. Once
0: removed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, let's go with distant cousins. Uh, these ones are actually related to each other twice. Um, they're third cousins but also second cousins once removed, right? What, what does that mean? Well, they're both great-great-grandchildren of oh. someone, which okay. makes them third cousins, but they also share an ancestor uh, who was one's great-grandfather and one's great-great-grandfather, which makes them second cousins once removed as well. Holy shit.
1: I, I okay. Mean, okay, give me yeah. one.
0: The least famous one of them is... Prince Philip
1: uh, okay, uh, is the other person English? Yes, royalty? yes. <laughs> <It's not laughs> Queen Elizabeth, is it? it is <laughs> <laughs> nice, one. nice one. yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> Greg
0: Barron was saying about Jenny McCarthy? Ah, he, what he was saying was, why are, the bigger question is, why are people listening to a Playboy model rather than to, you know, all the scientists and experts in the topic? The The, the issue is not whether you're listening to me or not. Um, going, all I'm saying is listen to the experts, listen to the scientists. the same with climate change. I'm not saying I know. I'm just saying that the people who are meant to know, who we trust to know, say this... So shouldn't we, like we do in all other areas of society, trust these people on this until we have better information?
1: Mm. No, we shouldn't. Shut up. I know what no. I want. <laughs> I, I've got a feeling about it. Uh, yeah, I, I've been doing all this, um, I've been reading all these books about uh, their sort of scientific analysis of paranormal phenomena, and it, the books are a lot of them are investigations not of the paranormal phenomena, but why people believe paranormal phenomena and it okay, is yep. it is it's very interesting like from a psychological point of view that someone's feeling on something like a sense is more powerful than evidence <laughs> you know what I mean it's that thing where someone talks about a presence in the room like I felt the presence in the room even though you know the room is empty and there's no Uh, Scientific data at this stage to say that you know energy can reform into other or there's cross demand anything like that any of the paranormal or science fiction explanations But people will still choose to believe that have an understanding an implicit understanding of you know that world that is yet to be explained And that is virtually unshakable.
0: Well, it's in us from when we began, because back then we didn't have books or research or, you know, learned people at the start. You trusted your instincts and we evolved with these instincts and whatever. And it's so, like they say, like they talk about this thing called confirmation bias, which basically just means that our brains aren't scientists. We think our brains are scientists. We think we evaluate information and come up with a conclusion but we don't mm. we come up with yeah. a conclusion of what we think and then we find information that supports what we already believe it's called confirmation yeah. bias and and I know I'm as guilty of it as anybody else and of I'm a course. person who got and I'm a person who goes out of my way to like read disparate views, but often I'm reading disparate views to get angry at that view or like to really go, oh, these people are dickheads, these idiots, listen to them. And I take them all in. A lot of people don't. A lot of people read, you know, one site or one thing and get one lot of voices that reinforce their opinion. And the way that the internet works now and Google works and things like that work, your your Google searches are tailored towards your interests and what you like. So eventually, all the information you see, if you're reading a lot about you know, anti-vaccines and you, know, you want articles and news stories that will like, add to your position, you will find them because they're out yeah. there now. And the more you find them, the more you'll find them.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's, there is not just a, a confirmation bias, but there is an inability to uh, believe that... like the, the way the brains work, we all interpret information... In different ways, like the way that, you know, some people, you know, we all, there, there's scientific explanations for how light hits our eyes and our brains unscramble scramble that to create things. But there is a, a difference in way people perceive things. And that's why when people come out and say make a conclusive statement of, well, this is the way it is, you know, without any scientific backing, it's like, well, I don't know that you're not mentally ill. You know what I mean? If you're <laughs> telling me, like, I don't, I don't, it's, it's the same thing as when now right. when I see like a, a child misbehaving. I used to get so annoyed, but now I'm like, I don't actually know. Maybe that child has uh, is on the spectrum, or and it has a learning difficulty, or whatever. Like, you know, maybe that child took a vaccine when it was young, and now it's on the spectrum. <laughs> uh, no, I don't believe that. But, total, yeah, but total. Is, yeah, number
0: one, anti-vax.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like, there, I you have to take a second to go. Well, you know, the way that per- the, the way that person is experiencing the world, and the way they're reacting to it could be through a completely different prism, and there could be a thousand factors that you know, speak to that. So I can't just take someone's word for it. You know what I mean? I need more empirical data. I need like, lots of information. But there's so many people. Like, the, the, the rise of Donald Trump is based on that vibe, because none of his policies hold water. Like Anytime he's like, uh, fact-checked on anything, he, it comes up like that he's been lying or has been flip-flopping. But that's not what people are responding to. People are responding to the statement of Donald Trump, which is, fuck you, you've been pushing us around for too long, we're just going to say this. Like, he's, he's now almost bulletproof, because he's definitely critic-proof. The more well, that the media trust to take him down.
0: He's the thing they created, because, like, everyone's like, well, he lies about everything. Yeah, but you know what? He's not the first guy who lied. And you've all created an environment over the last, you know, 20 years where it's so fucking poisonous that everyone believes that everyone's corrupt and that everybody lies. And so this super liar can come out and just fucking say anything and he's bulletproof. Like a man who said himself that he could shoot someone in the street and it wouldn't hurt him in the polls. And I think he was underselling it. He could shoot a bunch of people. In the street. He made them raise their hand in a Nazi salute at his fucking meeting. Like, those images went round the world and he's still winning primaries. Like, he's still winning... It's yeah. crazy. Some men just want to watch the world burn. And once mm-hmm. you beat the system, like once you're outside the system, that broken system, I can see what the appeal is to people. It's, yeah. and, it is, and it is hilarious because he makes a mockery. Basically what he's doing is he's showing that all these things that people don't trust, this broken, yeah. horrible system, is just that. It's raw. Yeah.
1: It's a, I mean, occasionally in the past, a candidate would come along, normally for like a smaller election for council or something, and... Be from the, you know, I just want to drink beer and eat donuts party or whatever. And then we'll get a bunch of votes and it's more of a protest statement. But now I think that level of dissatisfaction and anger has got to the point where the biggest clown of all is garnering all those votes. Like you've seen that episode of Black Mirror Waldo, the the one about the animated candidate. Like I literally watched that on Sunday and was like, Charlie Brooker predicted the future. First the David Cameron thing with the pig fucking. Now the rise of Donald Trump. Like it's insane. For anyone who hasn't seen the episode it's basically it's about uh an animated character who's kind of like a talk show host uh, and it's this comedian who does his animated character and why people love him is because he speaks his mind and so he gets put on this track where he starts questioning politicians and because he's abusing them and being obnoxious and stuff he starts garnering all the votes but he's there is no ideal he's just uh he's just someone who says something counter to the establishment in order to gain popularity you i watched on youtube i put a link to it on my, on my twitter Someone has just uh, dubbed over Donald Trump's speeches into clips from Waldo, and it is, like, flawless. You would not know that it hadn't been made specifically for that topic. It's insane.
0: Well, another person did a thing that I retweeted the other day where they went through Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and when Zaphod Beeble was, like, president of the universe, <laughs> it was all the same shit. Like, it yeah, was literally, yeah. like, taking these, like, whole things out of it and you're like, because that's what he is. He's a TV guy running for president and it's entertaining as fuck because he's saying what we all think, which is the system is broken, but he's yeah. not actually offering any solutions. He's offering what everyone wants to hear, which is platitudes of just, like, oh, no, we'll do it better. We'll get them to do it. It's that, some, can't, can't someone else do it? We all want someone else to do it.
1: But I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Like, think back to when Arnie was elected to be governor. Have you ever seen there's a documentary called How Arnold Won the West? And it's all about how it was a giant publicity machine which got him into office. In fact, whoever the incumbent governor was actually had quite sound fiscal ideas, but he was boring. And he was like, he was very dull and he didn't have any to wrestle dazzle. And he wanted to talk about things like infrastructure and all that kind of shit, which bores people. Then Arnie comes in and he's got a few, I'm going to terminate my opposition. I'll be back. There's one clip where, you know, you see this, uh, the, the incumbent governor giving a speech in his little rickety old, you know, kind of rusty van on a rickety stage talking to people. And then Arnie's giant tour bus rolls in with, you know, we're not going to take it blaring from the speakers (laughs) and they're handing out streamers and T-shirts. And it's like, yeah, fucking of course you're going to vote for that guy. It's fucking Arnie. Like, of course. But Arnie at least had some kind of like, he 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 was still entrenched in the establishment with his policies. Whether or not he was any good or not, I'm not sure. But it's like Trump has just dispensed with the policy part and just kept the showbiz part.
0: Uh, I mean, literally a guy who might be the president of the leaders of the free world uh, talked about the size of his dick last week. <laughs> in, pub- in public, like in debate, like talked about the size of his dick. Can you imagine? Like Obama is the first black president. And if, if anyone's been talking about the size of his dick, it should be <laughs> Obama. For a I don't want to stereotype. But, but that's secondly. a stereotype. That's stereotype. No, <laughs> do, no do you- I
1: did against that.
0: Do you feel a, um, a a soft spot for Trump because you're a person I was of tiny. Types... Do you
1: feel a soft spot for big black dicks? <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you uh, feel a soft spot for Donald Trump um, because you both have tiny hands?
1: <laughs> People have brought that up. Uh, yeah. I think his hands are actually bigger than mine. I uh, oh, yeah. I've, been, I've been paying close attention because I think he's uh. a big guy. I think he's six two. So. Even his small hands would, be, um, would still be larger than mine. I have seen, though, someone did send me a link to there's a Tumblr page where it's just Photoshop where they've really shrunk his hands down. Someone thought, I'd like to see that.
0: Did you um, follow any of that story about Hitler's dick? Did you follow uh, any of Did you? Like, that I was a weird thing to come he... up. Like, I who cares? Like, yeah. like I, Whether his dick was, like... Like, whether his dick was fucking a metre and a half long and he had to walk, like, with a third fucking dick like Jake the Peg, or whether he had the tiniest button mushroom dick of all time. Really, that's... It does not matter. It does not explain, like, murdering six million Jews. Like, he could have an any dick and you still yeah. can't do that. It doesn't... It's, it was such well, a weird story. And then there was and, other... And the to- yeah. no, Hitler doesn't have a... Like, then there was debates about the size of Hitler's dick. I'm like, what are we doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, at some point you've got to go, like, what happened with a patriarchal society? Like, right. when, like, whole public debates can be centred around whether or not a guy has a big or small dick, as if that means fucking anything. Nothing.
0: A man could have, like, no dick, or could ha- be mostly dick with eyes, as long as they were a good leader. We wouldn't yeah. mind. We would yeah. all bow down to a dick with eyes, if the dick with eyes was benevolent and looked after the working classes and solved inequality and, you know, helped people out of poverty and stuff like that, we'd be like, thank you, dick with eyes. We won't make you do <laughs> press conferences in cold rooms. <laughs> like, you know, we'll all give you a rub once a year at the State of Fuck the Union.
1: then hell. I think the new Republican candidate should be dick with eyes. <laughs> Well, I think like the one they're going to have is a
0: version. dick with
1: eyes.
0: <laughs> that's, that's the
1: problem. They already have a dick with eyes,
0: not a literal dick with eyes.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a weird... I, I wonder for our American listeners and, and my American friends, like, it must be a weird, a weird time to think that that guy could be your leader. Like, it's almost... I mean, part of me thinks that it just can't happen because, you know, the world is not a cartoon. But then another part of it's like, well... It's not like it's slowing down; like it's gradually building in momentum. And how do I mean? It's making me go, well, how do I feel about moving to a country if he's the leader? Like it does kind of definitely give you pause for thought, right? Dude, I
0: I live there part of the time, and and I'm a fucking immigrant. Like if we've heard one thing, (laughs) right? Is he going to build a wall around Australia? Is that the next thing he's going to do and make us fucking pay for our own wall? I mean, probably that would be good for the Australian building industry, so maybe that's a positive. (laughs) No, and I've said a lot of terrible things about him on the record, and you'd like to think that he would be the sort of person in charge that wouldn't go after critics of his and make them have a really hard time, but he's proved that he is nothing but that sort of person. If you're a critic of his, he goes after you. So, like, could we please erase all these podcasts? (laughs) I mean, it can't happen, but it could happen.
1: I mean, and it's very hard to kind of kick a president out. Like, they've tried to, impe- I tried to impeach Clinton, right? It's very hard to get them out once they're in there. But, I mean, if the, you know, didn't the UK Parliament have uh, some kind of, like, open submissions where they all got up to say why they shouldn't, if Trump gets elected, why they shouldn't let him in? I mean, can they do that? Can the rest of the world just, like, snub him? It's like they have a party. They don't, they don't text him. They don't, there's no Facebook message, nothing.
0: I mean, they can, but you got to, like, at the other end of the day, you've got to make that decision. You're like, if there's that psycho guy at your work who at some stage is going to walk in with a gun and kill everybody, uh, do you, there's two approaches. You can either snub that guy and, like, leave him out of shit and build up the resentment, or you can maybe try to include him in the conversation a little bit so that you're the one he doesn't point the gun at. And America has the most guns. America has seven times more weapons than the next person on that fucking list. So even if where they're doing crazy shit, the rest of the world has to pay them some politeness.
1: So if you're in the defence forces, my understanding is you have to do a psych test, right? Like you have to be evaluated to see, you know, yeah. A where you'd fit in the military, but B, you know, if you're of stable mind to be handling weapons. So yeah, I think they must psych test presidents, right? A guy who can launch nuclear weapons, they must. There must be a requirement some before the inauguration or something. No. Do you think? That's insane. That- the process
0: is meant to be the psych test. Uh, like this, but it's not
1: this, working because this guy's a psychopath. <laughs> and he keeps getting votes. But the test is wrong. <laughs>
0: right but this but that's the problem the test is wrong the system is wrong and the fact that the republicans their second choice is this fucking monster ted cruz who's actually probably worse than trump actually is because he believes in the terrible things that he's saying and might actually get some of those terrible things through i mean this is a man who was one of the members of his own party like said that ted cruz could be murdered on the floor of the fucking congress or whatever it is and everyone would see it and he'd be get he'd get convicted because Because there, uh, there there would be everybody would testify. (laughs) Everybody would testify. Like I mean, everyone hates this fucking dude. Like everyone hates him, and he could be president because he's the next best option. Like they might get that situation where they get someone equally or worse terrible because Trump was just so on front street terrible.
1: Oh God. So what? I mean, if you're a moderate Republican. Where are you now? Because if your two top two candidates are fucking psychopaths and you're a moderate Republican, because I'm sure there are, like what are Fox News saying? They, they can't be behind Trump, can they? No, they're not. Because of uh, the whole Megyn Kelly thing? And... Well, the only nice thing has been like
0: Trump is Fox News' worst nightmare because they can't control him. He's the first yeah. one they can't control. He's the guy they created. There wouldn't be a Trump without Fox News. But then he out Fox News, Fox News. So they've been running really hard against him. They don't want they don't want Trump. Like and that's been the only thing I've enjoyed about it is the fact that he's really been pissing off Rupert Murdoch. And you're yeah. like, Oh god, it's one of those ones where you want no one to win but Yeah. Yeah, it's Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And we're back. There was a suspicious amount of interference. Happened then when we were talking about Donald Trump. Uh, Michael said the uh, switchboard exploded, as if someone had sent an electromagnetic pulse down the line. I not But that. I mean, there crash.
0: may be like a, a Trump. He might have already got it in the system. Anytime the name comes up, it's like a Google alert. But na- any time his name is spoken, the system just shuts it down.
1: This is no, I mean, he's not a he's not a guy though who has uh functions on uh, people not talking about him the whole reason he is who he is is because people can't stop talking about him i mean when was the last time you checked your news feed on your phone and trump's name wasn't in the first five headlines
0: mate that's why he's still in charge because the media the media like they suck it into it the media thought it was funny and the media were getting heaps of clicks on all this sort of stuff you know and and they they have created this as much as anybody and now they don't know what to do about it. There's all these, like, everyone's trying, everyone, all the candidates, all the media, you can't read anything but bad things and it's like it's too late. It's like we all went, now. Nah, Skynet will be a great idea. Hang on, the computers yeah. have taken
1: over. Yeah. Like, it, 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 yeah, I mean, but part of you has to sort of examine the phenomenon of, like, well, why are people so angry? You know, why are people so willing to like, make a mockery of the system. Obviously, it's disenfranchised... What's the word? Disenfranchisement? Uh, They're disenfranchised with how the system's been run. And I can understand that. Like, I'm not a big politics guy, but I often look at, especially in, you know, the left and right in Australia, and you cannot differentiate between the two parties. Like, you feel like you're essentially voting for the same people... With slight philosophical differences, but it's not a a case of, you know, like clear cut different policies and and people speaking honestly. They're all trying to protect their jobs. They're trying to get votes. It, It feels artificial.
0: Okay, well, I'll give you a little analogy if you want to understand the American politics race as it's going at the moment. Uh, what you've got is on the Republican side, you know, kind of your Kasich and your Rubio. Uh, so imagine we're in Gotham, right? America yep. is Gotham, right? And Kasich and Rubio are politicians who are on the kind of the right side the 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 uh, the right the republican side but there you kind of they're in the system and they benefited from the system and they're protecting the system but they're not you know probably criminals right you know they're more your kind of you know politicians on one side and then you've got your Hillary Clinton who's like someone who's from the other side but is maybe she's part of the problem maybe the system's all broken she's been in the system and the system hasn't been fixed and then Bernie Sanders is Batman He's the burn man, right? He's the one who's yeah. like, no, no, we can't play by the old rules. We've got to clean up Wall Street. We've got to, like, yeah. you know, I've, I've got to dress up like a, a crazy old man and we've got to go around this country shouting at people and telling yeah. them that we've got to fix it, right? And uh, Donald Trump is the joker because he just wants to watch the world burn. The world burn. Like, yeah. that's
1: what it is. But he, but he doesn't. I mean, he's motivated by something. I don't think he's, I don't think he's a what? complete dis- dissociative. I, like, power, money, status, I mean... He's obviously, if you look at, you know, he puts his name on everything, he builds these towers, like, right. there is a definite kind of, it's, um... So it's, he's more oh, Tony,
0: Tony Stark, he's Tony Stark yes. without the Iron Man suit. Oh, that's sorry.
1: who he is, he's Tony Stark. He's, he's not Tony Stark, he's Tony Fark. <laughs>
0: No, he's like Tony Stark's cousin. He's lesser-known cousin from that cousins list that you can celebrate. And he's like the one who's like, he doesn't have like the brains of Tony Stark to build the Iron Man suit, but he's got the same family fortune and like, you know, he's been this like self-promoter. You said before, which probably got cut out, but you said, what if you're a moderate Republican? Who do you go for? And that's a big question. Amy was telling me she likes um, I Am Kate, you know, the Caitlyn Jenner show and so she watches that and she updates me on what's been going on with I am <laughs> and she was saying the other night that they're away on like a, she takes these transgender women away on these sort of like bus tours and then the show's kind of around, you know, their conversations and stuff like that. And um but uh Bruce Jenner was a Republican, like a very firm Republican. And you can understand why because Bruce Jenner was a rich white man. Like, and of course, why wouldn't you be a Republican? And Bruce Jenner, like, won the Decathlon Gold Medal. Bruce Jenner was, like, the perfect example of, like, what Republicans love winners and rich people, and, you know, of course. But now he's Caitlyn Jenner, you know, someone in the transgender community who's a very like um you know prominent spokesperson and like transgender politics and you know, gay politics and any of the LGBTIQ politics have not traditionally been looked after at all by the Republican side of politics. But it turns out that when uh Bruce was transitioning to Kate, uh his politics did not transition uh into her politics. And uh, she is still a massive Republican. So at this like thing, was like talking about the Republicans and how they're good for the country and how like you know how he, like uh, she's behind Ted Cruz and like what? all the, her other all her other transgender friends are like,
1: yeah, you know who you are,
0: right now. Yeah. Like it was it was fine for your old you to love them, but your new you cannot yeah. be like. I mean, that's probably an issue that she did not imagine would come up when she was thinking about the whole process, but
1: it's like my, my brother uh, who's gay, he often tells me that he'll be out with his friends, and uh, you know someone might make like a racist comment or something, and he's like, "You realize that you belong to a minority as well? Like you right. realize that you know what you're doing to this guy, other people do to us? like do you not see the kind of like uh, uh, the hypocrisy there? but I guess it's Again, it's that confirmation bias. It's that, you know, we just all perceive the, way, the world the way we want to, despite what the reality is. Yeah, and
0: that's, that's the one thing uh, that you can say about white men who are racist or sexist or homophobic. Uh, at least they are not hypocrites. <laughs> because they, they have never been discriminated against. So, <laughs> I, uh... You know that thing that's never, never
1: done to us, weren't you? I... We should, we, no, I was going to say, we should wind it up because uh, you've got a show to go to and I've got to go see something. But I just wanted to say, after a long, torturous, uh, drawn-out uh, 12 months or so, the book is at the printers. So um, uh, all you uh, Patreon subscribers, we did a limited edition run for uh, people who subscribe to the highest uh, level we've got at Patreon. Uh, you'll be sent out your books in, in a month or so. Uh, they look great. I, I proofed it. I'm really, really excited. Uh, Sean's done a great job, Fosdyke's done a great job, and, uh, of course, Melissa, the stenographer. Um, uh, it's, 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 what I like about it is it's not just like a literal transcription of the show, it's her interpretation of the show as we went. So if you listen to the actual show and read the book, you're going to get kind of like in the slight variations, but that's what I think <laughs> makes it awesome.
0: Oh, that's great. It's her
1: interpretation of, of, of our nonsense. So I just wanted to say, uh, if you're wondering where that is, Um, We reached our milestone goal on Patreon, and so we can now give this book to you. Um, And so this, hopefully, is how the Patreon relationship will continue to work. Um, You know, we've got Mike Howell uh, producing our show for us now. It's going to make it easier to do this more regularly. And we've got more stuff coming up that we want to um, uh, include you guys in. But that's all possible because of the people who subscribe. So thank you to those who signed up. and. If you're wondering how you can help the show out, you can go to patreon.com forward slash tow and donations starting from a dollar upwards. It really, uh, we're we're putting it to use.
0: Uh, One of the levels uh, that is in there is for uh, show tickets. uh, First, uh, you get first look at show tickets and we're doing a massive show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival April the 9th. Uh, it's going to be the biggest show we have ever done. John Deeks is going to host it. Uh, Daniel Sloss has already agreed to do it. Justin has said that he will do it. We'll grab some other Fofop, Tofop World guests. Uh, we have a very special guest up our sleeves that we're not going to reveal but uh, that people will be excited about. So, so that's very cool as well. Um, so you can still sign up to that level and uh, we will send out the notification before those tickets go on sale to everybody else. Uh, so you can get first for that show and get down the front and all those sort of things uh, but it is going to be on April the 9th and uh, my tour Fire at Will I'm in Adelaide at the moment then uh, Brisbane uh, Melbourne Sydney on April the 7th One Night Only Sydney Opera House Justin How is doing support and uh, Perth the first week of May all those uh, dates are on my website my Twitter and my Facebook and uh, come and see the show it's been going really well I've really enjoyed it so um, do that uh, uh, Mike Hell also did suggest at some stage that we could uh, video this because we're on Skype uh, yeah. Which would mean that uh, you, you know you get to see Charlie in a tank top if you'd seen today's <laughs> one.
1: I just gave from the gym, you asshole.
0: No, I, I'm not- saying that as a I'm saying that as a positive man. Like it's rare in podcasting, unless you're Joe, Joe Rogan, that like someone <laughs> in a tank top is like you know something that will add some value. We might be able to put in a fifty dollar level, and you do the to- you do it shirtless. I mean, now yeah, that you've right. got your good. In this period where you've got your good new rig, we might as well put it to value for a while. Like, yeah. who would want? Give us an indication on the Facebook page how many people would pay $50 a month for Charlie to do one episode shirtless.
1: <laughs> shirtless,
0: that's it. Shirtless for one episode, and we'll send you a video of that. That's, there you go. That that's, that's, that's a good that's, level.
1: No, that's I also, not, I also, I also <laughs> Because you know no, why? You, because we live in a world where it's very easy <laughs> to take a screenshot of me shirtless holding a mic in front of my face and to just swap that mic out for a cock. So I'm on the guy. It's too yeah. easy.
0: Oh, that's a good point. All right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I, I did have a chat with James Fosdyke while I was here in Adelaide. He's been doing a bunch of stuff for us for years for nothing um and basically and so um what we thought we might do also is i i wanted to look at ideas because he loves doing stuff for us and for the podcast so we might look at trying to find a patreon level that if we could get to we might be able to use foz like you know guarantee him like once a month or like blah blah blah, that he's going to get this much money and what he one of the things he suggested as a first idea was that he might animate like a kind of a three-beat cartoon strip of like a a thing or a scene or like a a moment from one of the episodes or whatever that people could each get you know if they're at that level and supporting him and you know anyway so some ideas that could use Foz more in the podcast so again your Patreon will be going to things that we want to do which is really just to get people on board to help with the podcast and grow it and get out kind of more content for you guys so uh You certainly don't have to, if if you're not in a financial position to support us, the reason we went with Patreon rather than anything else is we want people to always access the podcast for free um, and enjoy it for free. But if you want to contribute as well, it's going to be going to stuff for the podcast. I guess that's all we really want to say. And this is, I guess, one of the first examples of that. Oh, and can we plug our footy podcast? Do we have a Uh, timeline?
1: yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, uh, we we have been hinting um, our new uh, footy podcast, Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast, will be dropping next week. Um, we're just waiting for the artwork. Everything else is in place. We've got some great music done. I don't want to spoil the surprise on that. Um, no, but, uh, but, it's, but, it's, but it's great. Yeah. And that's
0: what some of the Patreon money will we go into as well. It costs us a little bit of money, even yeah. before you've heard the podcast, but yeah. it's worth
1: it. I'm actually looking forward to putting that first up so the next cohort we can talk about it. (laughs) Right, absolutely. There's
0: one thing in particular that neither of us realised about that first episode um, that you messaged me about later. (laughs) That makes me laugh so much, but we'll we'll let the episode go up first. Uh, we get the feedback on that one thing And then we can discuss it So,
1: uh, so are we kind of suggesting we're going, to talk, we're going to do a Talking Dead style show About our football podcast Topop just becomes a podcast In which we talk about what happened on our other podcast
0: For, for people who don't like the footy podcast But would we, we'll like us hearing us discuss What we did on our footy podcast
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Charlie Clawson
0: I'm Will Anderson